I'm sure some of you have some horror stories that have happened on the centered around the Christmas holiday. Perhaps you heard of this woman's tragic plight that occurred. She said, I was taking a shower. My two-year-old son came into the bathroom, wrapped himself in toilet paper. And though he made a mess, he looked adorable. So I ran and grabbed the camera and took a few shots. They came out so well, I made copies and included each one with our Christmas cards. Days later, a relative called about the picture, laughing hysterically and suggesting I take a closer look. Puzzled, I started, stared at the photo and was shocked to discover that in addition to my son, I had captured my reflection in the mirror wearing nothing but a camera. <laughs> oh, what a story that is. <laughs> well, hopefully your Christmas days go a little better than, <laughs> than that. As we look at Christmas here this year, and many of us have already opened up gifts that um, that you received. You know, we have a tradition over in our family of opening up one gift on Christmas Eve and then the rest on Christmas Day. And so, um, since I'm the head of the household, <laughs> I decided to employ uh, a, a name in a day, and I called for yesterday to be Rainbow Day in honor of Brother Hagin. Because Brother Hagin would pick a day out of the week of Winter Bible Seminar and call it Rainbow Day, and on Rainbow Day, you doubled up. He said, if you're going to bring, you know, $1, bring $2. If you're going to bring $2, bring 4 If you're going to bring $10, bring 20 If you're going to bring 1000 bring 2000 Whatever it was you're going to bring, just double it up. So I just figured, let's just double up, and we'll, we'll open two presents instead of one. So you can use that next year if you want to. <laughs> oh, my. But we're going to look at some of the gifts. And for some of you, you opened up some more gifts this morning. Some of you are waiting to do that later on in the day. But we all look forward to the giving and the receiving of gifts. I know the receiving is fun. You're thinking about the things you might open up, the things you might get. But the, the giving is pretty good too, isn't it? You want to see people's reaction, it has the, the things you looked for. Well, we're going to go over to a very well-known Christmas passage over in Matthew. But not uh, Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 25, verse 13. You may be familiar with this in some of the Christmas carols. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, one. To each one according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, everybody say a long time. Long time. Notice that Jesus said it would be a long time. <laughs> After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 
Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, for there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. As he starts this off, and of course you remember some of the Christmas carols that are based on this <laughs> passage. But as we look at this, we see that the master came over to the servants and he gave to them a gift. He gave to one five talents, he gave to another one two talents, and he gave to another one one. I mean, we have that the same way. When you're giving out Christmas gifts, they're not all equal. There's, there's, different, there's things that differ in there. And to, to one who gave the five and the one who gave the five, he went out there and after a long time, long time he had made five more talents out of the five. Then he said, well done, now good and faithful servant. Now, whose talents were they? They were the masters. And he gave them to them. But apparently they were under the impression, it seems from the story, they were going to give them back. Here, here's, your, here's your five talents. I've made it to give five more. Here's ten. And they're giving them back to him. They're expecting to give them back. But if you notice at the end of the story, he takes the one talent from the guy who had the one, didn't do anything with it, and he gave it to the one who... How does he still have ten if he gave them back? How does he have ten if he gave five back? If he gave the five back that he was first given, he didn't do that, did he? In other words, he came to the master to squirt up accounts. And he came away with all ten. But the guy who had one didn't do anything with it. What did he walk away with? <laughs> you see, what, what happened on this day was when he came back, it was judgment day. And most of us have been taught to fear Judgment Day. But for the guy who had five talents, when he started off with zero, got five, gained five more. Judgment Day meant, I got ten talents. Glory to God. <laughs> and more are on the way. Because <laughs> I bet you there's more than one other servant who didn't uh, do anything with what they had. So he came out of there out of Judgment Day with, with ten, and after that he got eleven. He's got eleven talents now. The guy who had two, he went out and did good things with it. Got the same reward. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And so he had two. Gained two more. Now he's got four. And he left Judgment Day with four. He's got four of them. You see, God has given to each one of us things. Some of our folks have been given more things than other things. Than other people have been given. But we've all been given some things to use. Some things to deal with. Some things to put to work. The question is, what are we doing with those things? Have we ever received Christmas gifts that have sat in a drawer, hid themselves in the closet, put them in a cabinet somewhere and never got used? They weren't useful. They weren't functional. They, they look good. Maybe it wasn't something you picked out. Maybe somebody thought you could use it, but well, no. 
Maybe it doesn't fit. Maybe the color is wrong. All sorts of stuff like that. It just isn't, it's not useful. And so what happens? We take that that was given to us and it becomes nothing. It becomes useless. There's nothing worse than spending money on a tool or on a gadget or on a kitchen appliance or on something for your car and finding out it's useless. It does not do what you want it to do. It's not functional. Now, many times it's not functional because we haven't spent the time with it. Maybe we don't want to spend the time with it. Maybe we want to have one of those things you open the box and it works. But not everything comes that way. Some things you open the box up and it takes a little, little part of our, to, to learn what does this do? How can I make it work? You know, MP3 players and iPods and phones are notorious for this. How many people have these great gadgets on their, in their pockets, in their purses, and don't know what they can do? And all they do is answer the phone. Send a text message here and there. But they don't know all the wonderful things that these things can, can do. You know, if you really get into it, on your phone anymore. I've researched this, looked at some of the things out there. They now have some applications, no matter what brand of phone you're using, that you can manage all of your finances, pay all your bills, and never leave your phone. You know exactly what's in your banking account. You can tell the bank, pay this bill, send this check over here, and never, you can, you can pay your bills while you're in the train on a ride somewhere. Back of a taxi. Take care of the whole thing. But you see, if we don't know, we can do all those things. If we don't know how to podcast, <laughs> then all those wonderful services that are out there waiting for us to download and enjoy, we can't do it because we don't know how to, to do those things. And maybe we start to mess with the instructions, look at the book or go through the manual, but it's just not making sense to us. And so we put it down. Yes. We put it down. Ah, I'll deal with it later. I don't know about you, but I, ref- I found out that if I ever got a tool or a gadget and I started working with it, and if I don't get it right then, I'm not going to get it. Because when you have the excitement of the newness of the thing, if you can't get it then, you're not going to get it when it's old. Because now it's old. Uh, it's an old thing. <laughs> we just don't mess with it anymore. And we don't get all the functionality out of the thing that we should or that was intended by it. God gave to one man five talents. In that five talents was the ability to produce. And we don't even know that five talents was the limit. But we do know that he produced another five talents out of it. And that his master was impressed. Well done. We know that another one was given two. And inside that two was the ability for it to produce. And he caused it to produce as well. But inside the guy with one... Well, can't really do much with one. I really don't want to spend the time to read the manual. See how I'm supposed to get this thing to work. I just bury it over here in the back of the cabinet, put this in the drawer. When they come calling, I'll pull out that sweater and put it on. Right? <laughs> 
So we can relate to what this guy's going through. He's having a hard time with putting this thing to work. Because we've had ourselves a number of times, we've received some things, and we've had a hard time getting it to work. And my wife had a Christmas shopping list, and she put on some things in there that, you know, we men have no idea what they are. (laughs) And we shouldn't. She have no idea what's going on with those things. But she put one thing on. I was telling her the story this morning of this one thing. She asked for this one particular product. And so I went to the place where that product should be. <laughs> CVS, they should have everything. <laughs> not only did they not have it, they didn't think they ever did. <laughs> so then I had the opportunity to go over to Walgreens or I'll go to the mall. I mean, the mall is everything. So I walked over to the mall and I asked the, I walked into the, the, the place that has all those women's things that you would use. I don't go into this store, but you know, the, the body bath and all the, the, the kind of things. And I walked on in and, and I don't bother looking around. Folks, I, you, the, the things about men not asking directions, that is not me. If I walk into a store and I want something, I do not want to waste time. I will find somebody, I will make their day. <laughs> Because they will have a good time waiting on me. I find them as soon as I, I just stood there, middle of the store, just waited. They'll come around here sooner or later. I'm not sure who it is, how they're dressed, or they'll come over here. I just stood there, waited. <laughs> and they eventually got the idea. I was waiting on somebody. <laughs> so somebody came on up and I said, I'm looking for this. Oh, we used to carry that. All right. Well, I know another spot down over there. So I went on down to the other, the other body bath place and... I walked in there, did the same thing, stood there. Eventually, one of the ladies came on up. Can I help you? Yes, I'm looking for it. Oh, we used to carry that. Oh, God. We don't carry it anymore. It's all gone. Can you tell me where I can get it? Well, there's one of those little kiosks down there. They might have it. Oh, those people with the woman trying to come out there and get you? Yeah. yeah, that one. So I surprised the woman. I actually went up there and got her. And I said, I need this. And she thought I said something else. So she took me over to this thing and she's showing it to me. And she's giving me the wholesale spitch on it the other day. I always do for, I mean, the wholesale thing. That's, that's not what I want. I want this. Well, this isn't it? No. That's not it. And so I said again what I wanted. Oh, we don't carry that. Well, that's what I'm asking you. So. I stood out in front of Macy's. And I debated, do I dare go in there? And I looked at the Macy's and I said, they may have it, but dear Lord, <laughs> what, what will befall me if I were to go inside the Macy's woman's department and in, in that? So I left. <laughs> and so I went over to the other spot, the Walgreens that I was going to go to and I walked on in there and... I looked around, and they don't have it on the shelf. So there was a lady behind this cosmetic type thing, perfumes and stuff like that. And so I talked to her. Do you have this? And she thought I wanted it for men. And I simply said, they make that for men? <laughs> well, they sure do. <laughs> I said, I want it for my wife. Well, we have it for you too. I said, that's great, but I want it for my wife. 
Okay, but they make it for men. Great, but I want it for my wife. I had to go over this three times with her. I want it for my wife. So she looked around there. We have this one, we have this one, and this one. They had three of them. And so we finally settled on which one. Because, you know, I'm telling her, I don't know. Tell me, what one do I want? Because I don't know. Well, this one's always good. What kind did she say she wanted? She didn't say. <laughs> she just said this is what she wants. So I went on and we, we finally get that all. So after we finally settled on what it was, now would you like me to show me the stuff for you? I said, are you kidding me? Are we going back over this again? Well, there was just a guy in here. I mean, he's a big old guy. He's just big. He's huge. He's manly as can be. And he got it. Well, I said, well, good for him. You're not seeing that on my body. And she tried one more time to get me to go over there and just look at it. I said, I am not putting that stuff on. I said, I don't care what men do. This one doesn't. <laughs> and so I left with my wife's product and wrapped it up. And we had a fun story to tell this morning. <laughs> now see, I don't want to know all the ins and outs, how to use the product, what to do with the product. I just needed to know that she wanted it. And she'll make use of it for there. But nothing worse than getting something and you don't know how to use it. Don't know what it's for. Can't get the benefit of the thing out. But God has made some effort to find the gifts that are going to function for us. They're going to work. They're going to do us some good. And He's given them to us. And for some people... We take the gifts that God's given us and we put it in the back of the closet. We put it in the back of the cabinet. We put it in the drawer. And we close the door. And we read the story about this guy. Boy, I'm glad I haven't buried anything. It's not me. I haven't buried anything at all. No. Why haven't we? Let's go over to Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, your, uh, to take you marry your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son... And you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took, to, took him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. So here you have something that was given to Joseph. What was given to Joseph? God gave to Joseph a word. Joseph, this is what you are to do. You are to take her as wife. Because what is conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. Don't you put her away. You take her as wife. Now, he was given something by God, wasn't he? What could he do with it? He could put it in a drawer. He could ignore it. He could not do anything with it at all. But what did he choose to do? What did he choose to do? He chose to listen and obey. 
chose to listen and obey. None of you saw that, did you? We sometimes look at what Joseph received and think, it was nothing. But look what it was. God told Joseph, Joseph, you have the opportunity to be the father, the earthly father, the son of God. What you need to do is you need to listen to what I'm saying. You need to take her as wife. You need to not put her away. And after that, you need to raise him up. You need to be faithful with these things. And what does Joseph do? Joseph is faithful. He took that, which for some of us, we might look at that as one talent. It's just a little thing. It's just a, something that he spoke to him when uh, he was sleeping. This isn't a whole lot. I'll bet you that you have received more dynamic things from God along the way than that. But what do we do with it? But he put it to work. Remember last week we were talking about being doers of the word that we hear? So he did what he was asked to do. Go over to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For you have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them when the time, uh, what time the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star, which they had seen in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, her mother, fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So the wise men came, and they're called wise men. How many have ever heard, you know, the We Three Kings, the, the carol? They're called kings sometimes. They're called wise men. Well, they are not kings. They are wise men. But they are a group of people that would select the kings. They were actually more powerful than the kings themselves. Collectively. The king overall was more powerful, but they actually put the king in power. And so very often they were looked at as kings. But they were part of the Magi and part of the wise men, part of the group of people that Daniel was with. We talked about that. And they had studied some of the things that Daniel had, had probably received from the Lord about the star because what we have in the Word of God does not give us that much indication on it. There's one verse. But Daniel probably got some other things and passed that on to them. And they were all looking for the thing that Daniel had brought into their, into their teaching. And when they saw it, whatever it was that they saw, they knew that the time was now. And so then they went looking. It's interesting that no one else in Israel looked. But apparently the Magi put more faith in the things that Daniel got than the children of Israel did. So they went out there and they began to look. And when they came to Jesus, Jesus was born in a manger. Where did the wise men visit him? In a house. Well, it took a while. You know, they weren't in a manger all that long. 
we look, we'll go over to another scripture and we'll see why they were where they were at. Let's finish reading this. Now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream again. He was faithful with the first one. Arise, take the young child and his mother flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. Now some people might say, well, I'll just stay here and I'll just, I'll just be faithful. Faith man, I'll just have the right confession. <laughs> the right confession does not overrule disobedience. Obey what God says. If God says, get out, go. As you got to do. All the right confessions, all the right prayers, all the standing in the name of Jesus won't help you out. If God said, get out of there. We've got more things to go on that, but let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Thus, this census first took place with Quirinius, was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him for them in the inn. Now they're in the same country, shepherds. Well, we can skip on down to the shepherds. But the shepherds came over and they were told first. And they came over and they... They found them. And uh, going down to verse 19, But Mary kept all these things, pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that had heard and seen, and was told them. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So he's going through the purification process. He's gone through the circumcision. He's no longer at the manger. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, we've covered this one time before, but I want to look at it in the, in the, in the state of this. If you go back to the law, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons was the sacrifice for a family who could not afford the real thing. If you couldn't afford the sacrifice that was supposed to be given for the first male child, if you were that poor, then you could bring this. Now, Joseph and Mary, proved by God, upstanding people. What happened when the, when the, when the wise men came? They brought, they brought gifts. But this is going on a whole lot sooner. The wise men didn't come until after this. So right now, they're poor. And then the wise men come. And they bring all that stuff. Now, when the wise men came, did they upgrade their living? Now, here's an interesting thing to think about. When the wise men came and they brought the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and understand it was not three. They only talk about three gifts. But there's more, probably many more than three kings or three wise men. That got started, I think, in the 7th century, that it was three. But nowhere in the Bible does it say three. It just says wise men. A bunch of them came on out. And they all brought stuff. But they brought gifts that were fitting of a king. Now, when we bring gifts, when you have a, a youngster in the family and they're five, and they bring a gift, do they not bring a gift fitting of a five-year-old? But when that youngster, five-year-old, receives a gift from mom and dad, do they expect to receive the same kind of gift? What do they expect to receive? 
the gift based on mom and dad. They brought gifts based on who they were. Because those gifts tell something about them. And if all these wise men came and brought these gifts, do you think that Mary and Joseph were poor anymore? But they didn't change their lifestyle. Now, there's a whole lot we don't know in, the, in between in the Scripture. From the time Jesus was born until the time of His ministry when He was 30 years old. There's a whole lot we don't know that went on in there. We have to suppose. We have the one story with Him at the temple. But there's not a whole lot of stories that we know. What we do know is that His brothers and sisters, all of them, did not follow Jesus all the days of His life. Every one of them was against Him. So just suppose for a minute that Mary and Joseph received all this treasure from the wise men. And you know, you just can't keep that stuff secret. Eventually it's going to leak out. Why do we have all that gold? Why is all... And, and where do they put it? No, you can't go down to the bank and put it in the safety deposit box or the... Can I, you know, rent a spot in your vault? Where do you put it that people don't come and try and take it? But when Jesus was out there ministering, was Jesus ever in want of money? It seemed that the gold, frankincense, and myrrh that was brought funded his ministry. But it survived for 30 years. Can you imagine being Mary and Joseph and the temptation to dip into the gifts that the wise men brought for the baby Jesus, for the King Jesus, for the Messiah? You know how many times they probably ran into a spot where, you know what, we could probably tap into and then put it back. How about when Joseph died? And Jesus took over the headship of the family and running the carpentry business. If you were the brothers and sisters, then you know that the oldest brother, Jesus, was given all this money and mom and dad won't tap into it to buy us Christmas presents. <laughs> they probably didn't celebrate Christmas, huh? To buy us birthday presents or get us a nice meal every once in a while. You think he could have developed some bitterness to Jesus? Why is all this money set aside for him? Why does he get it all? How come dad's working so hard when all this money is there? Why does it have to be for Jesus? But it seems that they must have kept that money for his ministry when he got started. And he went on. They'll know it for sure. But can you imagine being faithful with that? All right, we'll preserve this. Because when he gets going in his ministry, he's going to need that. I don't know if they were allowed to tap into some of it, none of it, whatever they did. But they were faithful. Joseph was faithful in the things that he had given him. And we look at the things that God has given us. God has given us all kinds of things. He's given us revelations of His Word. He's given us understanding. He's given us abilities. He's given us funds now that we didn't have before. What do we do? How faithful are we being with those? What gifts has God given us? Do we look at the gift that God gave us like the man who had the one talent and say, well, it's not much. No one's really going to miss it if I don't put this to work. Or do we look at it as the one who had the two? I'm going to put this to work and make it do everything that I can. So when Judgment Day comes, I'm going to look forward to Judgment Day. I'm going to look forward to that day when I can stand before the Master and say, hey, you gave me two, here's two more. I'm giving all four to you. And he says, that's great, keep it. It's yours. Now, if you go through the five, the first guy has five, 
he gets five more, he gets to keep it. Second guy has two, he has two more, he gets to keep it. And you're the third guy. Oh, I got one. I didn't do anything with it. I wonder if I'll get to keep it. I haven't been using it. I've been just letting it sit there. But, oh, can you imagine if I have a talent that I didn't think I had before? This is great. He's probably coming up there and thinking, oh, I get to keep mine too. No, I'll take it away. <laughs> it's not yours. What gifts has God given us? Are we putting them to work? Are they working for Him? Or do we take a look at that gift and say, well, it's not much. I can only do this. I can only do that. It's not really anything real significant. It's just a little bit here. No. The guy who had five was given five more and said, I'm going to make you ruler. And when I got extra stuff, guess where its way is coming? It's coming to you. Because you've been faithful with what you had. I know you'll be faithful if I give you more. We've got to make sure that we're faithful. We've got to make sure that we're doing the things that God wants us to do. What has God given? What has God blessed us with? Is your mind going to work? Are you thinking about it? What has God given me? Sometimes we have become so accustomed to what we know, what God has brought to our understanding, what revelation has come our way. We don't even think anything of it. But as we're going over with you before, the world thinks some really strange things about the Bible. Strange things about the Bible. Matt and I were talking at the church last week. He's telling about more stories of folks he gets to work with. And some of the views they have on the Bible. And you know it can get frustrating to people think some of the ways that they do. But get on out there. Work them with the Word of God. Tell them what the Word of God has to say. Be faithful with the thing that you have. What is it that God has given to you? Is it a simple word to be faithful with like Joseph was? Or Mary? Is it a call in the ministry like Paul? It can be all sorts of things. It doesn't have to be called to be a prophet, called to be an apostle. Joseph, all he said was, I want you to go and be her husband. All right, we're going to do that. That was simple. What things has God said for you to do? Well, I got a couple of kids. I just got to raise them. Be faithful with it. Be faithful with it. Put everything you can into it. Well, I got a couple of unsaved people at work. Be faithful with it. That's something God gave you. Well, there's some unruly people in the neighborhood. Probably help them out. Be faithful with it. Don't quit. Keep going. Because the Master returned after a long time. And if God's saying this a long time, <laughs> be faithful with what God has given us. Did you receive some gifts? As you think back to some of the gifts you've gotten in the past years, have you gotten some gifts that were no good? Have you gotten some gifts that turned out to be, wow, I never thought I needed one of these, but this has been awesome. Really awesome. Oh, this has just worked so well. I never knew that this was. Those are, those are cool gifts. Put them to work. What has God given you that has laid dormant? Those are the things you've got to be concerned about. What has God given you that is laid dormant? Has God spoken something to, to you to do for you to take charge of that you haven't done anything with? But you're waiting for God to speak something else to you? 
Really? <laughs> you haven't done what you're supposed to be doing. Or sometimes we do what we're supposed to do the way that we think we ought to do it. And God said, I didn't say do it that way. I said, do it this way. Still love that story Cruffalo Dollar told about the suits. God told him to give whatever, was it one or two suits, but they were his favorite suits. We gave four or five other ones. Is that how the story went? Older suits. And then after we ended up giving him the other two suits that God originally asked, I said, man, I gave him seven suits. I said, I didn't ask you to give him seven suits. I just asked you to give him those two. <laughs> you do it the right way. Don't have to. Mm-mm. Do what God says. Do it how God says it. And be faithful with it. And stop looking at how people respond to judge whether you should do it again. Because when we stand before the judgment day, when we have the five talents, we have the two talents, we have the one talent, we don't stand before the people. We stand before the Master. He's the one. He's the one we want to be able to say, I was faithful with what you gave me. I understood this from your word and I was faithful with it. Even though other people, they got some weird ideas about you. But I was faithful with what I knew. I continued to learn. Continued to press in and learn more. And I put that to work too. I was faithful with it. You ought to say, you sure were. Well done. Well done. Just stand up with me. I'm sure you all didn't notice that, but I got a note. Are we still doing the song? You're still going to do the song? Okay, good. We'll do that here in a minute. Father, we thank you for the gifts that you have given us. We celebrate the greatest gift that was ever given, your son Jesus Christ. Sometimes we get lost in all the things and all the gifts that we give and all the gifts that we receive. But we do know that's the whole reason. Maybe at certain times we get mindful of certain gifts that we're giving or certain gifts that we're receiving. But overall, Father, I know we know why we're here. We know why we celebrate Christmas. We thank you for the greatest gift that was ever given to us. But individually, you have handed out some other gifts. Help us to be faithful with those things you've given us. Never to lose sight of what it is that you've done. But to be faithful. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us. You encourage us, you remind us, you give us more revelation. And as we're faithful with that, you give us more. If we're faithful with that, you give us more. Help us to be faithful with the things that we know. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.